Pastors Larry and Tiz welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. I was watching a video this week, and it caught my attention just to see how people are so lost in their thoughts. Uh, There was a group of people this past week, a thousand of them, that they were fighting for their rights because they want to be recognized as dogs, literally. And they were all barking, you know? They were like, I mean, the world that we're in right now, it's crazy. This was in Germany, in Berlin. And we see that this modern world that we're living, we have thousands of friends that we call them friends on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and other social media platforms. But most of the time, and most of the time what we're seeing nowadays is people are actually getting sick because they envy what others have. And reality is this, that a lot of times they're posting things that is not even real. You know, we see people showing off. Show, showing off. I was just telling uh, someone here at the church, I did a wedding. I have a, a, a small business on the side. It's, just a, it's a photo booth that, you know, whenever there's a wedding out there, I just put my name out there and they hire, they hire us. And we were at a, a wedding last night. And the the couple came out, you know, they introduced the couple at at the reception and they were literally throwing money like this. And I I wanted to see if it was real money. It was dollar bills, but it was probably over two, three thousand dollar bills, you know, uh, over two or three thousand dollars of dollar bills. And I'm thinking, man, so they put that on social media and now everybody starts what? I want that. I'm envying that, you know. And we're living in that in that season where people are seeing things, but a lot of times it's not reality. Let's be honest. How many of those people on social media are really your friends? How many of those posts are real, you know? Uh, many people are fabricating an image that doesn't exist. You know, it's fake news. Reality is this, that they are not real friends. You know, we're completely isolated from each other, especially now after the pandemic, what we're seeing now, you know, I believe this this pandemic was man-made, man-made, but used by the the devil to separate us, to segregate us. Segregation. We'll live in segregation right now. How many people we have seen, even ourselves here at church, you know, how many people has not haven't come back to church? Oh, because of COVID. You know, I even joke. COVID it became uh, COVID. The virus became a Christian because he's only at church. People don't come to church because, oh, COVID, but they go everywhere else. You know, so the virus actually gave his life to Jesus, and he's only at church, I guess, because people are not coming. The, the devil is trying to segregate, segregate us, you know, and, and we forget that the reason we were created, we were created to fellowship with one another. You know, we need friends in our lives. Well, so today I want to talk about a real friend. You know, a, a friend that it's always there for you. Uh, there's a song that says, 
Ah, what a friend I have in Jesus. There's another song that says, I am a friend of God. I want to talk about this real friend of ours, God. You know, it would be impossible this morning to overstate the importance of the first five books of the Bible, you know, commonly referred as the Torah or the five books of Moses. You know, over the course of many centuries, they account for a truly astonishing amount of reading and writing, study and prayer, teaching and preaching. Some people have said the books of Moses are made of mostly stories, okay? Uh, the story shows us God working with and speaking to men and women in a rich variety of circumstances that is relationship. What people are lacking right now, it's relationship. That's why it's so important. Sometimes we don't understand the importance of life groups. I love talking about this subject. Life groups are so important because we have to have people that will hold us accountable. We have to have people. People don't want to be held accountable no more. That's why they're doing whatever they want. You know, they, if they say this chair is white, <laughs> we're in a postmodern world that they, they, will, they will fight you until you believe that this chair is white, and we're seeing with our physical eyes that this chair is black. You know, people need accountability. So it's very important that we understand this. God is present. God presents to us new ideas and arguments throughout the book, throughout the Bible. You know, the Torah is actually the story of God and his people. One of those people, it's Abraham. Abraham, very special friend of God. Abraham is mentioned in the New Testament more than any other Old Testament character. 78 times is mentioned in the, uh, in the Bible. When it comes to knowing God, Abraham is our first teacher. You know, and the Torah is the founding document for the faith of Israel and the Christians in the gospel. What I think it's most profound and the most profound revelation that we see is life reveals to us in the Bible that it's not the law of the Ten Commandments. Uh, it's actually, it's his friendship with God. It's not the law that we, we, we focus a lot of times only in the law. But on the other side, we need to see actually Abraham's friendship with God. You know, we think, oh, God is going to, uh, uh, tell us we got to do it this way and we got to do it this way. No, it's a relationship. He's building a relationship. When you are in a relationship with someone, you love you love that person. You try to do whatever it takes to be different, whatever it takes to to accommodate that person, whatever whatever it takes to 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 just uh, show your love towards that person. So we focus a lot of times in the laws, but it's more that more than that. It's the actual relationship. You know, um, God was known as friend of Abraham, you know, so I, I say today, I want to be a friend of God, you know, Genesis 12, 1 through 4 says this, the Lord has said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's house to the land where I will show you, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you, so Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out of uh, Haran. Haran, I can't pronounce that. You guys, 
will understand. Just get your Bibles later and try to figure it out. Now, John 15, chapter 13 through 15 says, says this, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you... If you do what I command, if you do what I command, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. I mean, we are not just anybody. We are friends of God. You know, I want to share three, uh, I want to share with you three simple thoughts today. You know, uh, first is the relationship revelation. Abraham is called the friend of God. Three times in our scripture, we see that first. The Hebrew king Jehoshaphat was being threatened by an invading army. As he prayed to God for help, he identified himself with Abraham. Okay, a thousand years after Abraham's death, 2 Chronicles 27 says this, Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people, before your people Israel, and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? It was always referring to Abraham and God. God, friend of Abraham. You know, a few hundred, second, second time here, we see a few hundred years later, during the devastation of the Babylonian exile, Isaiah the prophet brought a word from God to the people and identified them as Israel, my servant, the offspring of Abraham, my friend. Sometimes we take that for granted. You know, we forget that relationship. Yes, it's a father-son relationship. It's a father and daughter relationship. But he's more than just a father-son, father-daughter. He is our friend. He's always there for us. He's not, he's not putting a law there for us to just, uh, oh, we got to follow. And I, even if I don't want to, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to follow laws. No, when you have that understanding that it's not about the law. It's about friendship with God. It's about relationship. It's about being obedient to God. Think Things are different. You see things differently. You know, why do I teach my kids? I teach my kids and sometimes I got to be hard on them, but I'm doing that because I want them to walk in the right path. You know, I'm having a hard time actually uh, understanding that my son is growing. I'm having a hard time. I'm going to be honest with you. (laughs) You know, it's like, man, I think about he's 17 right now. By the end of this year, he's going to go to college, and then and now he has a card, and and I'm I mean like honestly, I had to ask him to forgive me, you know, because I'm like so tough on him with with driving, you know, that he actually feels uncomfortable driving with me now in the car, and whenever he's driving with me in the car, he's making mistakes, you know, because he's just nervous, you know, but that's because. I'm, I'm trying to pass it on. And sometimes we got to be careful because we make mistakes. We're humans, right? But I'm trying to pass it on something. It's a relationship, son. I have, why do I travel with him so much? I love traveling with my son. Every year we go, we do different places. And why? Because I want him to understand when I implement a law in the house, it's because I love him. And if he has a relationship with me, he will understand that. That I'm not doing this to punish him. I'm actually doing this to what? To get him somewhere. I am a friend of God. I am understanding. I am understanding that the laws are not there to punish us, but to take us somewhere. You know, um, 
letter of James who argues the unity of faith and works by bringing Abraham into the argument with the words, Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness and he was called the friend of God. I mean, we see it three times here. There's something special here, a friend of God. You know, uh, I've been to Israel. This was the first time. It was amazing. It was, it was legit. Um, but I wasn't able to go to different places, uh, 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 some of the places that I wanted to be, you know. But um, there's a place in, in Israel that's called Hebron. Hebron? Hebron, okay? Now controlled by the Palestinians. Name has been changed to Al-Khalil in Arabic, which stands for the friend, okay? Which it, it, it kind of shocks me that even the Muslims understand that Abraham, Jews, and Christians, all three of us, if we come together, we understand the importance of Abraham and a friend, you know, <laughs> Jews understood that. Christians understood that. And Muslims, they agree on this truth. They remember Abraham as the friend of God. This is an amazing revelation. A God who seeks out a uh, relationship with man. Remember, this is after the fall, 2,000 years from Eden. Um, after the spiritual death of mankind through sin and disobedience. God is seeking us to go back to him as a friend. God is looking for opportunities, and I just love that he is so kind. He just doesn't come in, you know, invade. He knocks and, and says, if you open the door, I want to be your friend. I want to be with you, you know. He loves us more than we love him, always has, always will. It's so important that we understand that. So Yom Kippur was God's way to restore the relationship between his holy self and his sinful people. You know, that's what makes the Torah so important. It helps us to understand how God interacts with people. Abraham's story it helps us to get a real feel for what being in relationship with God looks like and what God is seeking from us. You know, if we start reading the story of Abraham, we will understand how important it is for us to trust our friend. His relationship with God help us to actually ha uh, have us walk the same way that he did in the past. You know, talking to God, spending time with God. You know, people nowadays, they want that we're in a microwave society. You know, they want everything from God. They only come to God when there's a need, but that's not what God wants us to do. He wants us to spend, you wake up in the morning and say, God, I want to be your friend today. God, I want to, I want to pray. I want to be in your presence. I want to be obedient, obedient to the law that the law, it didn't come to hurt me, but the law came to help me to get to the places where I want, you know? So, when you understand that relationship that Abraham had, a friend of God, when you get into that same mode, you get somewhere. You know, Abraham's story, it helps us to get a real feel for what being in relationship with God looks like and what God is seeking from us. The word used to define Abraham's relationship with God is friend. The relationship revelation is carried over into the New Testament as well. Friendship is the exact word that Jesus uses to identify his God in the flesh relationship with his disciples. John 15 verse 13 through 15 says this. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are 
my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants. Okay? This conversation takes place on the night before his crucifixion. Jesus is talking to his disciples. And then again, he referred, three times he refers to them as friend. This is a profound and holy moment here. You know, this is an invitation. I see this as an invitation to an intimacy that is unheard of any other religion on the planet. You know, intimacy. When you're intimate with someone, you open areas of your life that nobody else knows. Because you know that person. Because you trust that person. There's things that, 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 that I have. I'll say this again. It's so important that we have accountability partners. So important that we have. You know, I have pastors that speak into my life. Adam McCain is one of them. Pastor Larry. You know, people that I listen. People that I, I'm, I'm an open book to these people. You know, if I make a mistake, I go to them. But I go to them for them to help me correct my mistake. And I know that whenever they say something, even if I don't like it, it's not punishment. It's love because of the relationship that I have with them. You know, I'm going to say this. Three words that will rock our world. It's friend of God. These are three words that would change everything. Abraham's story gives us first glimpse of what kind of life we can expect from the God who calls us friend. Okay? Being a friend of God, I want you to understand this. Being a friend of God is the opposite of being an enemy. It's completely the opposite of being an enemy. That simple contrast, that simple contrast stands out above everything else. Abraham was on such terms with his God that he responded without suspicion, without fear. He was just like, yes, Lord. <laughs> hey, Abraham, leave everything. Just go. I'm going to give you something. Just trust me. Okay. Yes, Lord. Here I am. <laughs> no fear. You know, when God tells you to do something, when you have God as your friend, you're in a close relationship with God, God is going to say, do this. You were sharing with me your testimony. You trusted God and just went for it. And then suddenly you see the open doors over your household, over your business, over your life. Why? You're not questioning God because you know you have a friend. When you have a friend, the Bible says that we have friends that are closer than a brother and a sister. You know, and that's how we should be in our relationship with God. Abraham was on such terms with God that he was not fearing anything. Abraham knew that God was on his side, that God was for him. He knew what God was for him and with him, he was able to do more than what he could think or imagine. That's huge. You know, the culture and the country that Abraham grew up, the gods were distinctly unfriendly. You know, this is common around false religions and paganism. You know, an angry God. We see a lot of other religions that, man, it's about the law. <laughs> it's not about relationship. You know, you got to do this. I, 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 even Catholicism in Brazil, I've, I've seen so many times, you know, there's a city in Brazil that uh, it's, it's called Aparecida, which is a, a saint. You know, it's Virgin Mary. Is, it, it, the city was named after Virgin M Mary. And there's a cathedral. And people will go for days walking on their knees. I mean, I'm talking about on the freeways. I've seen it. Carrying a cross. 
pain, something, pain, a, a, a promise. Oh, if you heal me, listen, this is not the God that we serve. <laughs> he is kind. He's a friend. You don't have to. They will get to this church. I've seen it on TV. I've seen it on driving on the freeways. You know, they would get their knees are bleeding. Because they wanted to pay a promise that they, they made. And, and I understand it's their faith. They're blind spiritually. And that my, my prayer has always been open their eyes. For them to see that it's more than paying something. You know, having to do something. It's a relationship with the Father. A friend of God. You become friend of God. You don't have to do these things. Men still view God or the idea or, or the idea of God with fear, guilty or indifference. They are still seeing God like that. Many religions have portrayed God as an enemy, someone who wants to hurt you or hinder your life. Listen, church is supposed to be fun. There's no condemnation because the price has been paid for each one of us. Now, at the same time that he's a friend of God, he's a God of justice too. But when you have a relationship with him, when you understand that he's a friend, you would do anything to accommodate him, to love him, to bless him. You know? Let me say this. Friendship with God carries all the elements that constitute true friendship. Friendship doesn't mean everything's cozy between you and another person. It hurts sometimes. Same here between you and the Almighty. Friendship with God carries all the elements that constitute true friendship. To be a friend to someone does not mean you pamper or indulge him or her. Okay? Friendship also involves struggle and loss, tension and turbulence sometimes. Proverbs 27, 6 says this, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. A friend, if honest and true, will tell you things you don't want to hear. If that's a true friend, he will tell you things that you don't want to hear. A friend, if deeply serious about you, will do things that feel painful. Friends do that because they actually care what happens to you. Remember how God told Abraham to leave his family and homeland for a long and uncertain journey. Just leave everything for a long and uncertain journey. Very inconvenient and very unsettled. You know, Abraham never had an easy life. Not easy being friends with God sometimes, right? That's what it sounds like. It. Okay, man, God, come on. You kidding me? You're telling me to leave my family and just go and trust you? I mean, but God knew. God made a promise. And today we, today we see the promise that has been fulfilled. You know? Friendship with God is totally about a relationship, not a function. In real friendship, we found ourselves being friends with people not for what they can do for us, but simply for who they are. You know, my, my father always told me one thing, and it makes so much sense. My father says, you are worth in the world 
in the, in the vision of those that are in the world, you are worth what you have to offer. If you have one banana, you're worth one banana. If you have a dozen of banana, you're worth a dozen of bananas. You know, I remember uh, when I was a Christ for the nations, I was the finance director for the institute. I had a lot of influence in the institute. So I had people like famous people call me, hey, can you help so-and-so giving a scholarship, doing this and that? Man, the minute I left, they don't even remember me. If I text them, they ignore my text. That's the way it's seen in the world. You're worth what you have in your hands. But listen, friendship with God is totally about a relationship, not a function, you know? They're not there because of you, uh, of you having something to offer. There's people that they only approach those that have something. You don't want those kind of friends. You want those friends away from you. Job, <laughs> lust his family, lust his wife, love his kids, and lust his friends. Why? Because he had nothing else to offer. But that's not how God it is. That's not how God is with us. You know, it's about a true relationship with us. You know, um, God never worked Abraham for any advantage or angle. If anything, God had to observe Abraham's flaws. God was actually always protecting, protecting Abraham and observing his flaws. Okay, you make mistakes. Okay. <laughs> hey, Wanderson. I told you not to buy that car. You made a mistake. It's okay, son. Okay. <laughs> it's like the day I purchased. Did I tell you guys the story? The day I purchased the BMW without telling my wife, my first BMW, I, uh, newlywed, you know, I had a brand new, um, I had a, 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 a Volkswagen GTI, brand new, six months. And then within six months, we got married. And within weeks of being married, I, she was working one day. I was off. I stopped I stopped because I want to drive test a BMW. And the guy kind of like, um, how do you say it? Smooshed? Okay, that word. <laughs> he pushed, he, he, he convinced me that it was much better to drive a BMW than a Volkswagen. But I didn't check with my wife. I didn't pray about it. I just jumped on it. Man, we were just newlyweds two or three weeks into our marriage. Man, she didn't talk to me for a whole week. I slept in the couch. You know? So that's not how you live a relationship. <coughs> a relationship you talk. It's not about taking advantage. I made a mistake buying that car without asking my wife. But she said, you know what? Let's just move on. When you are in a relationship. Huh? Uh, no, actually, I enjoyed driving that BMW. It was nice. <laughs> but, huh? Huh? I know. <laughs> I prayed. I, I praised that man afterwards. I said, you know, I, it was a week. It was a week, but we made it through. <laughs> but anyways, God never worked Abraham to take advantage of him. You know, God was not Abraham's friend in order to network with him. God and Abraham worked out their relationship on journeys around wells and altars. They were walking 
it out together. You know, we have to walk this relationship with God. You are a friend of God. You walk this relationship. You spend time with God. People are not spending time with God no more. People are lacking because of lack. People are perishing because of lack of knowledge. They don't spend time in their word. They don't spend, we don't hear about fasting. We don't hear about fasting. We don't hear about praying. You know, everything is becoming a microwave uh, generation where it's, I want everything fast, <laughs> fast food. And then what happens when you eat a lot of fast food? You become a trash. I mean, if you don't do quality food, healthy food takes what? Time to cook. It takes time. It takes time for you to actually learn God's nature and character. It takes time for you to understand what God wants from you. But that is taking time to build that relationship and being a friend of God. Abraham, they, him and God, they were traveling together. They really did life together with all ups and downs. I always say this, when people give their lives to Jesus, say, don't think it's going to be easy. Actually, I'll tell you what, man. It's probably going to be a little worse because now you're going to feel the pressure. Because God has an assignment for you. And the enemy also has an assignment for you. And he's going to come after you. Now that he knows that you met God, now that he knows that you are after God, now that he knows that you're trying to be obedient to God, he's going to put things in your face to distract you. You know, he's not going to go after those that are his. He's going to go after those that God is calling for their purpose in their lives, and he's going to try to distract them. I see what's going on with Pastor Tiz right now. I see it as a distraction that comes from the pit of hell. You know, it's a distraction because pastor has laid down his life to serve God. It's the distraction because they've done so much for the kingdom and they're at a certain stage of their lives at a certain age and they're still saying we're not quitting, we're not giving up, we're not retiring, we are continuing to push the kingdom of God. I want to bring unity. Listen, that word unity, it hurts the devil's ears. Because he wants to destroy everybody. He wants to split everybody. He wants no fellowship. You know, and God is saying to Pastor Larry, do something. You know, we're spending quite a bit of money to put this together. You know, and I've been the one reaching out to pastors. And sometimes even in the Christian world, it's so hard to bring unity. You know, so I see Pastor Tis fighting this. I'm like, devil, take your dirty and filthy hands out of her because there's an assignment for her life. We know the future for Pastor Tis and you will not win because we have the victory. That's a distraction. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He tries to distract us from the purpose of God for our lives. But the only way that we can overcome that distraction is by having time, friendship with God. That's the only way. Remember. Friendship is not what's in you for me. It's about being it for each other. Oh, it's not what's in me for you. It's about being it for each other. Always remember this. True friendship, friendship it's a, isn't about perfection. Abraham was in touch with God that was always in touch with him. It's a mutual. I tell people all the time. Remember I said it earlier. 
a lot of times people reach out to you because what's in it for me? It's a, it's a road, it's a two-way road. How much you invest? Okay, God, I'll invest in you. And God says, okay, I'll invest back in you. And even when you don't invest, he still invests in you. But you will only understand it and, and get it as much as you invest. I always, I heard this during college time, and I take this with me. Today, I don't care what others think of me because I know my identity in Christ. You don't like me? That's your problem. I'm still good looking and sexy. No, I'm singing. Sassy. <laughs> you don't like me? It's your problem. But let me say this. I like to be where I'm celebrated, not where I'm tolerated. Be where you're celebrated. You are celebrated in the presence of God. In the presence of God, you are always celebrated. You're not tolerated by him. No, he loves you. He loves you and he cares for you. So the question I want to live with you today is this. Are you talking to God? And that's not just on Sunday mornings. It's every day. You get up. First thing you do, say, Lord, <sighs> I can breathe. <laughs> You're giving me another day, Lord. Thank you. I want to be a friend of God. Talk to him. Are you listening to him? Sometimes we're just like, blah, 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 We talk, 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 talk. Women, be wise. Don't be talk, blah, 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 to your, to your husbands. <laughs> Pavly, stop. <laughs> relax. I say relax so I don't have to say shut <laughs> up. <laughs> relax. Listen, listen. It's so important that we listen to God. We only ask sometimes. When you pray, start your praying, start your prayer by saying, thank you, Lord. Thank him before you ask for anything. And honestly, don't ask for much because everything that needed to be done was done more than 2,000 years ago. <laughs> the veil has been torn and it's our right because <laughs> everything has been done. I've learned this. All you do is It's all in, the God, in God's word. There's a lot of people out there that they, they like to go to uh, conferences where there's the prophetic word. Oh, I got to see a prophet so I can hear God. You don't need to go see a prophet. Nothing wrong with going and seeing a prophet. You know, God uses people to prophesy over you. But you can see God just by reading the word of God. Because everything has been done more than 2,000 years ago. All you have to do is open your heart. Ask Holy Spirit, help me to understand what you're saying here. Let me spend time with God and God will speak through his word word and you return back his word as you pray you know one thing that I do is when I pray I pray Isaiah 53 5 that says that by your stripes I've been healed I pray Isaiah 54 17 that says no weapon form against me I'm returning God's word back to him you know because I have a relationship with him he's done everything I say even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death nothing 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 will happen to me because that's what your word says You know, and his word says, Lord, I'm struggling right now, but I have a friend. What a friend I have in Jesus. That's it, guys. You know, are you worshiping him? 
You are supposed to take your time and just praise him for who he is. That's the reason we, why we were created. You know, a lot of times we build, we build altars and we don't see it. If you love your wife more than you love God, that's an altar before God. If you love your children more than you love God, that's an altar. If you love your job, love your business, whatever it is that you put before God, that's a sin. You know, you love God first. God is looking for people today that will friend him. Don't be friending Facebook friends. <laughs> Don't waste time. Sometimes it's just all fake news. <laughs> the things we see on social media, people all feel that they have the right to, to say things. <laughs> like they, they I, I, I hate, there's people that they, they every, 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 uh, every step, they're, they're posting on social media, every, you know, everyone, you know, that's all, <laughs> I'll be watching you. I mean, dude, okay, <laughs> keep it to yourself, <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't do that, you know, spend time, let God see everything you do, every step you make, he is watching you, you know, that's how it should be, be a friend of God today, what a friend I have in Jesus I am a friend of God. Amen? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads right now. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for us, actually, and ask God to help us to, to understand this friendship. It's not a friendship because I want something. It's a friendship because we love him for what has been done more than 2,000 years ago. Because I was a sinner. I was lost. I was a lost case. But his son died on the cross for me. Father, help us to understand and realize that we have a friend. And that's you, Lord. Help us to grow in a relationship with you every day, Father. Help us to be closer to you every day, Father. Help us to listen to your voice every day. Help us, that, that small voice that sometimes we hear, some, so, so many times we ignore that small voice. That's the voice of the Holy Spirit that's speaking to us. And a lot of times it's speaking through us so others could hear too. I pray that you will help us to, to be in tune with your word, with the things that you want us to do, Father. Father, we don't want to go left or right unless you tell us to. We want to be in the center of your will, Father. When we are obedient to you, when we have a relationship with you, when we understand that we have a friend that's called God, Father, all things work together for those who love you. And I speak faith to rise up today, Father. Sometimes we're so busy with life, so many things that are happening around us that we can't seem to focus but i pray today that you will help us focus in the things that matters the things that glorifies us father help me to be more like you every day father forgive my sins father things that we say that we shouldn't be saying father the way we dress up everything father 
When we have a friend, when we have that relationship, we understand that it's not a law, but it's a relationship of love and care. Father, we will even worship you through the way we dress up. We will even worship you through our body language. So help us to be closer to you. Lord, we thank you for another day where we get to be in your presence. We pray in your holy name, Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you. God bless you guys.